Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. And for today's issue, we are actually going to focus on a discussion which actually came from a request slash suggestion. Um, and really, anyone who wants to make such suggestions or requests for a topic to be covered, so you know where to reach me. I'll tell you where in just a second as I introduce um, our guest, um, Rav Mendy. My brother, thanks for joining us once again. Welcome back. As always, always, as always a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to have you. And so you're going to help uh, help guide this conversation, um, which we've titled, Is Atheism the New Paganism? But it's really a much larger conversation. I guess the starting point, um, which um, we had discussed before uh, meeting tonight, was that our Parsha this week is a headquarters for a lot of religious discussion and certainly about the ways uh, to violate religion, obviously, in some of the most, I guess you could say, profane and most brazen ways, even though there's a lot of areas in the story of the golden calf, the Egel Azov, to have a limud schus for Klal Yisrael. There's a lot that's said in their favor, but there's not so much of a way to look at it in a way that doesn't at least reflect very negatively on Kalal Yisrael. It's, um, if, even if it wasn't Mamish Avodazara, it was something that was very close to Avodazara, um, maybe a pseudo Avodazara, but it's certainly a, a, a great um, a, a springboard and a platform, a jump pad, I guess, for further conversation about how some of these things might relate to us today. So, um, I, so I'm, I'm glad that um, you, you recommended this topic, and I'm glad to have this conversation with you. So any, any opening words before we move for, further? I think that um, one of the things that I think becomes very difficult is for people to differentiate their the idea of religion from, I guess, the way it was taught from a very young age to what things actually says, what the Torah actually says, and what is the actual meaning of the word. One second, I lost you. Okay, I think we got you back, Ravmedi. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I actually started teaching my eighth grade students at the beginning of the year the story of the Egel, and, you know, so there are some questions that I think that we know Torah so well that we never ask these questions. You know, the lullaby effect that Rabbi Foreman speaks about. Sure. Um, it's, you know, the idea of them worshipping a cow. Just one second, just for those who are listening, the lullaby effect, which is the co- the term coined by Rabbi Foreman, which is how we we hear things from when we're so young and we never consider if it really makes any sense, just like Rockabye Baby, which, um, although it lulls a baby to sleep, it's a song about a baby falling out of a tree and dying. Yeah, down will come baby, cradle, a uh, baby cradle and all, which sounds like horrible. But anyway, so there, there are a bunch of there are a bunch of elephants in the room in the Torah, um, and we we never really address those issues. Yeah, so like you know the religious quandaries uh, that they had to deal with during the times of you know the time of the Torah and the Egel. It's not like hmm, if, if if there really is God, then how come X is like no that cow over there? Let's worship it. That is God. Like does that make sense to anyone? So I think that, you know, people, if their religious perspective is they only have it based on that um, cow 
white view is very juvenile, then they think that, oh, this doesn't make any sense, and then the whole, the whole concept of God becomes, you know, a very juvenile understanding of what God is. Okay, so I, I think you make a good point, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue the conversation in just a second. So just for those who are listening and still waiting in suspense, the way to the reach me is to find me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's thedatabase, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Same place if you want to offer any dedication to sponsorship um, for Habatz's Torah. But in the meantime, so yes, a lot of people, they, they draw conclusions about things based on their juvenile reading of the Torah. And it's kind of like people treat the Torah, I guess in a certain sense, like it is, um, I guess if I can give a mushal, they, they treat it like public domain. You know, like when it comes to certain songs or certain things that really uh, is everybody's property. So in a certain sense, we all, yes, do have access to the Torah. Anyone can, can be Zoha to wear the Kesar of Torah. But that doesn't mean... That it, it's it's no different than anyone has access um, who wants to to go to medical school and learn and become a doctor, um, you know. So the, there's there, there's equal opportunity, um, you know. I guess, I guess the question of equal, equality of out, outcome, which is not our conversation for today. But but anyone who wants to theoretically has access to the medical world if you want to become a doctor and 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 offer a. A, um, I guess an informed opinion about something. So when it comes to Torah, people treat it more like it's public domain in the sense that I could say whatever I want, anyone could have an opinion on it, and they, you know, they, they don't put in the years, the real, like the, the years of real earnest um, and sincere study from 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 experts to to understand what it means, and and people draw these theological conclusions, and all of a sudden everyone is an expert in in Jewish philosophy and and religion and theology. So there are a lot of questions to be addressed, and I think one of the you know one of the important um, domains to focus on here is that of atheism. You see, because we don't really relate exactly the same way to Avodah Zarah and idolatry or paganism the way they related to it so long ago. Um, the the Rambam in in his introduction to Hilchas Avodah Zarah talks about the origins of Avodah Zarah in the door of Enosh where people said, oh, look, God created the world, but he also created these incredible um, um, heavenly legions and, and these heavenly bodies, and pro- probably because he wanted us to serve them too. That was the beginning. Now, the Gemara also tells us about the sort of end of Avodah Zarah. The Gemara in Sanhedrin and Daf Samach talks about how there was a time, in the times of the Andrei Knesset Zagadola, where they, they decided that the, the Yetzir Hara for Avodah Zarah was just too great that they that they davened and 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 captured, confined, and conquered the the Yetzirah for Avodah Zarah, such that the Yetzirah for Avodah Zarah, which we cannot relate to today, is because in those times it was conquered. Whatever that Gemara means, whatever it's a mushal for, um, whether it's to be taken literally or not, the point is that we don't relate to Avodah Zarah the same way today, which is already interesting because it's one of the big three. This is something that the Rambam says so many mitzvahs are there because. Of of weaning us off of Vodazar, the whole concept of carbonos, which you know is a is a huge machlokus Rambam and Ramban, but the Rambam says it's all about weaning us off of Vodazara. Meanwhile, Vodazara seems to be something that we don't struggle with today, at least not in the same way. Yeah, definitely not. And I think that really the truth is, um, I, I think it was you know. 
that's the way it seems to be described as by Hazal and the Gemara that you just quoted, which I actually quoted to my students when discussing the Egel. Um, it seems that it was less of an, if I can say this, less of an intellectual uh, thought, and it was more like, you know, emotional. And I, I think that nowadays, the quote-unquote atheism that a lot of people have, it's really, it's really more of, you know, a thought process thing, and they can't rationalize certain things, so they say, I'm fine, that's it. And I, I, and one thing I, I just said, I, I said quote-unquote atheism, and I used to hear people speak like this, and used to, you know, I used to hear rabbis saying things like, there's no atheist in a foxhole, and like they love things like that, and I always had kids, like classmates, that were like, oh, that was the one kid who was agnostic or atheist, and they were like, they kind of spoke like they were the martyr, like, and only the only ones asking the questions, doing the thing, and saying like, it's very, you know, convenient for the rabbis to say, like, oh, there's, there are no atheists, but like, there's clearly people who are thinking things that are, like, anti-God thoughts. So, like, maybe there are atheists. And as of late, I really changed my view. I really don't think that atheism is as popular, is as common as people like to present it to be. Because I think that, there's always a belief system and it's just a question of what do they call it what do they want to be their deity and I, I think that's really what Avodazar it's so much what Avodazar was back then um, it was just more of like mul multiple deities it's not this concept there is no it's not that there isn't a deity and I think that nowadays people don't like to say God because it has too much religious connotation they, they picture an old man with a long white beard they picture you know, this human yeah being. so the, the, this goes back to the juvenile understanding of of what of what God is because there, there's there's no understanding um, informed Yid who actually believes that that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is even if there are places in scripture that make reference to the appearance of God, all of that is baderech remiza, baderech chida, it's all riddle, it's all mushal, it's all parable. None of that's to be taken literally. Yeah, uh, God, God in, in Parshat Zatkana, I believe, says, or uh, Moshe says, that um, you, you, know, you, you look in the sun, you will not see the image of male or female. Almost as if God is saying, yeah, I, I, you will not have any image, even a man with a long white beard, that's male, you're not going to have that. But I, I think that, you know, no matter how antithetical to religion the person wants to be, everyone believes to some degree in some kind of higher something, because they will describe things like karma. What is karma? Well, so karma. The, I, I guess the question is, if you have an atheist, when an atheist says, oh, karma... Uh, now, I don't know how many atheists say that. Um, um, so you, ha you could be talking about a whole group of people who will who will invoke the word karma, versus a, a you know a real stark atheist might not say that because maybe the real stark atheist doesn't you know actually doesn't believe in that. You know, in your last points, you hit, you hit on a lot of different things um, that that I wanted to get to. So you know, but, um, I, I see how you want to share another point, and I'll, I'll let you do that right now. But the, you, you hit on so many things that I want to cover tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only last thing that I'll say, whatever uh, point specific you want to say, is that the whole idea of there being uh, a deity, that sounds, that people don't like that. They don't like the idea of a personality. Um, 
because if a person that's too religious, they want me to do things, and like, why would someone would someone who has all that power want something from me? Uh, one of the things I've heard as of late, um, I've heard podcasts or videos here and there, where people describe the universe. They say, oh, the, the universe is trying to tell me something. Oh, I think this is a sign from the universe, but who is this sentient? Or the climate. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounds very kabad, honestly. You know, like, Hashem is literally in everything. Is like He's the makom. Hashem is the makom. Exactly. And that's really what it is. But, like, so I've seen this in, like, in, like, videos where it actually where in the past, you know, in a more religious time, you might have said, like, you know, it's a sign from God. It's a sign from the universe. The universe is trying to tell me something. And that's fine because it's secular. They not realize how clear it is that that's, that's their... The universe is just the word... What a concept. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, the place, it's the place I mean, I think you just right now, I just want, um, before I go back to the other points, I wanted to focus on what you just said about Mother Nature. Mother Nature, I, I believe, was clearly a, a term used, fully intended to be a parable by someone who didn't want to acknowledge a deity, but they call it nature and they call it Mother Nature to give it a, a motherly figure, a parent, a parently figure uh, title. But, of course, they say, yeah, but they say nature is nature. And to them, those same individuals believe that that's what religion is. They think that religion is just a simplicity. You know, it's just a way to simplify things, a way to make a lot of people comfortable. Um, you know, Stephen Hawking um, was known for saying that religion is for people who are afraid of the dark. Um, and it, it was it was interesting because um, the truth is, um, I was thinking of saving this for more of a Pesach um, um, podcast, but when he passed away, it was in Chodesh Nisan, the month of, of, of Nisan, and I remember that I had the opportunity of being in a Shiva house that week, the, the same, the same, like, like a day or two after Stephen Hawking passed away, and I was Zoha to be in a Shiva house where what's happening in a Shiva house, we are thinking about the, about the, the people who are now in the afterlife, and... I had also the schos in the same shiva house to receive an aliyah where I was able to say the bracha of v'chayi olam that Hashem implants eternal life in all of us was something that we believe. Now, if you are just someone who is afraid of the dark and religion is something that just helps you sleep at night, so maybe Stephen Hawking can be considered right. But we know that Reishis Chachma Yiras Hashem, for all the intelligence that he has, he lacks Reishis Chachma, which is Yiras Hashem. So either that's, the, you know, whatever other Chachma he might have, he's lacking the basic foundation. And part of that is to understand that Yiras Hashem, it's not just, you know, um, you know it's not just Ahavas Hashem, that Hashem is someone I love and he helps me sleep at night, but the awe of God. You know, if you believe that religion is something that's filled with obligations and responsibilities, things that govern your every single day, that's not just some, that's not just a fairy tale story that helps you sleep at night. That is something that's a religious obligation. It's something that you are bound by. It's not something you do just because you're more comfortable. And what, what he did in saying that, by the way, in his, his saying his sentiments, was he did the injustice of trying to simplify what religion is. Make religion into whatever you want it to be, which is the ultimate of Odazara. To simplify religion into a fairy tale, something that just works, something that just helps you sleep at night. 
So that, that, that's a problem. Now, let's go back to the point that you said about there being no atheist in a foxhole. Atheists happen to love that line because they think that line actually demonstrates the, well, what religion is. So, you know, religion is something for people who are scared of the dark, people who are afraid of the afterlife or afraid of the unknown um, or people who, who don't know what to believe in. They believe in religion because they need something to hold on to. And they'll say there's no atheist in a foxhole because why? Because um, uh, th- what does that show you? That when you're in harm's way, you need something to hold on to. And an atheist says, yeah, those are the people who believe in religion. The people who are in foxholes, but those who have better knowledge, who know better, they they believe that they, you know that they don't believe. They know they know that there is no God, or they know that you can't know if there's a God, and they know that all these things aren't true because religion is just something you do if you're emotional. It's not something you do if you're thoughtful. Now the Torah obviously doesn't believe that, and we don't believe that, and that 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 is because going back to what you said about. Atheism is it really about a thought process, or is like a, a vodazara really about an emotion? So I think there's really a, a little bit of both. Is there such a thing as a pure, pure atheist who it's purely intellectual? I'm not going to say that it's impossible that that exists, but all humans are biased. All humans have emotions, and all humans are forever bound by those things. God is not. And going back to simplifying things, when we ascribe emotions to God, those are all anthropomorphic, no informed religious um, 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 yid who knows anything about anything actually thinks that God has these emotions in the same way that a human does. To think that is... Um, is, is in a Vodazara in its own right. And atheists who use this as their claim, oh, look, they think God is human-like, so they're misunderstanding Yiddishkeit. So you have to have you have to be able to have a conversation about you know what the th- what what things can both an atheist and a yid agree on. I think both an atheist and a yid can agree that if there is a god, he doesn't have emotions in the same way humans do. Oh, oh yeah, for sure not. And I, I know I was once discussing with uh, a good friend of mine who is not religious, but he was saying um, I, I, I jokingly said to them if they were going to, they were going, it was a Friday, so you're going to school tonight, and they said no. And I, I, I said, you want me to put it in a good word for you? And I said, I'll put it in a good word for you. And he said, no. And I'm like, why, why not? And uh, he said, and he tried to point out the conversation, and it just sounded super juvenile. I was like, hey, hey, dad. I, he goes, hey, hey, dad. Uh, Santa says hi. Now he has So, so the picture that you're painting is the same picture that I think many atheists paint, and many, unfortunately, unfortunately, many well-intending um, religious individuals, whether Christian or or Jew, they uh, people who have that juvenile understanding of Yiddishkeit and and Torah or theology, God, religion, and because of that, a lot of atheists might be inclined to go off the derech just because they think that that's all it is. And we know that this it's, it's a far more intellectual pursuit. You know, you, you look, you, if you look at the real, you know, the, you know the, the, there are many brilliant, philosophical, informed um, Rabbanim who can tell you easily about the intellectual pursuit that is Torah and religion. Anyone who knows Yiddishkeit knows that it's an intellectual pursuit. 
that, you know, the whole concept of Gemara, people who think, oh, in Judaism you're not allowed to ask questions, that, 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 that that's one of the biggest lies that people who are not on the derech say about Judaism. It could be there are certain institutions that maybe get their chinuch wrong, and we can talk about individual institutions at a different time, um, but, but, the, but the, the institution that is... Right. Uh, I, I didn't mean to, to, to specify the name of any one institution, but, but the institution that is Judaism and Torah and, and, and Yiddishkeit and, uh, and real religion. So, you know, we, we obviously we're a place for asking questions. Now, going back to about um, atheism being the new paganism. So, I want to actually contend that maybe it's not even the new paganism, but it's actually the original paganism. So, what, what, what do I mean? So, you can have, you know, you, going back to what you were saying about how you know, you can have the intellectual atheist who just, you know, hasn't, he's done his research and he hasn't seen all the facts on the ground and he's done all the research possible, he's done all the ishtadlis, and he just, you know, he, he doesn't see it. He just doesn't see it. So how many of them are purely like that and that's their starting point versus the people who their starting point is, hey, I have a Yet Sahara, I would like to do this and I would like to do that. And how can I sort of, you know, get, get, get to that point? Even if they don't think it consciously, but what if... Atheism is actually the fairy tale that helps people sleep at night. Atheism is the thing that helps you not have to have any responsibilities um, that, that, are, that are too inconvenient for you. And what if, where did that, that, that thing come from? So this is going back to what paganism is, Avodazara. When we talk about Avodazara, so Avodazara, there are many different manifestations of Avodazara. You could worship the sun and the moon because, listen, you see these really cool things in the sky and why not serve them? You could also be talking about an idol that you built just yesterday, right? Avraham Avinu smashing the idols. This was the muster that he gave to his own father, Terach, indirectly by, you know, smashing the idols except for one. And he says, oh, he was the one that did it. And then and someone said, and people said, like, you know, you fool, the, you know, the, this thing was just made. And he's like, why are you worshiping it anyway? And... Um, or, or when, when the merchant, uh, when the when the uh, customers are coming into the shop, and um, you know, and he's saying like, like you worship that, like how old are you? Oh, you're you're thirty years old, and you're worshiping that thing that was just made yesterday. So why would someone do that? Why would someone believe in multiple gods? Right? Greek mythology. There were so many different gods, and they were all very human-like. So what, what what's the point? So in a world where you believe that, for example, paganism, that everything has the potential to be god. What happens then is that when everything is God, then effectively nothing is God. Kind of like, you know, if, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. Um, if every, if, uh, everyone, every, it's uh, what's called the incredible, is that everyone is, uh, is stupid and nobody is stupid. Yeah, so if, if everything is outrageous, then nothing is outrageous. Um, so in this particular regard, so let's go back to the Egel. Right, that, that was our starting point. The Egel... They literally just created a, a, a cow made of gold, and they said, "Elu Elohecha." You know, they, they, these are the gods that took you, that brought you up from Mitzrayim. So, obviously, anyone with half a brain knows that the cow that they just made didn't bring them out of Egypt, and a lot of the Mefarshim point this out. I think the Rambam points this out. It's not possible that they thought that. Yeah. So, what did they think it was then? They thought this was a medium. This this is a, a muscle. This is a stand-in. It's a stand-in, you know, you know, like the stand-in politicians. It's a stand-in for Hashem, you know, like the, the, like the, this is the physical uh, visual aid. Now the problem is when you start creating those things, the Elohei Chasav, Elohei Zahav, 
which Hashem did not intend, what you, what you, what you succeed in creating is God wherever I wanted God to be, and that I summon Him and He's here. And if God is subservient to you in that kind of a way, well, doesn't that make life much easier? If everything is God, if everything that I want to be God is God, then I can make nothing God, and I get to, I get to make the terms. I, you know, I do things on my terms. I get to control things. If, 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 there, if there's not just the God of the sea, but there's also the God of the fire, and there's the God of outer space, and there's the God of the earth, and there's so many different gods, and they're all in contention with one another, you know what that means? There's no one God. There's no one who's in charge of all of them. There, there's so many different kinds of gods. You serve yours. I'll serve mine. And everything is great. And that's really what the ego was. Also, also that gives you a safe escape from God. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, it's like, I kind of get this feeling like hard on the opposite side. People say, I'm not going to say it in a shul, but whatever. People want to be mocked where they where they speak. Only I'm not going to speak like that in a shul. And I they say, like, where okay, good. I'm not that you could speak like that. Like, okay, so you're, you're, you're touching on something very, very important. Because... On the one hand, we believe that not everything is God, meaning you can't just, you know, worship that thing over there. But don't we believe that, yeah, you, you know, you act a certain way in a shul, but shouldn't you also act appropriately outside the shul? Yet we, it, 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 this is a, this is a, uh, there's some kind of a, a contention, right? Because on the one hand, we act differently in a shul, and you should act differently in a shul. But we also, and why do we have the concept of a shul? Why do you have the concept of a Shabbos, where you have like Yom Kippur, where this is the day that God is here? Is there a day that God's not here? So we have these things so that we understand. The whole point of having Kedusha is that there's a place that has higher concentration, if we can call it that, higher concentration of godliness because God decided that it should be there, whether on Shabbos or in a shul, in a base of Megdash, wherever. These things exist so that we can just have a higher consciousness and remember that God's there, but not to chas forget that God isn't everywhere else. He is. But at the same time, not everything that is secular is God. And that's the point. Because the, the point of the Chita Egel, the Egel was an attempt to have a secular manifestation of God where maybe the level of godly presence that they thought was there was not. This is, by the way, parenthetically, what some people have a problem with in terms of Hasidus. A lot of them is Nagdim. What they didn't like was the whole concept of Hashem is everything and everywhere. Because if He is everything and everywhere, then maybe He's nowhere. All right, the atheists just took the shortcut of paganism. They said that, okay, you know, instead of there being a bunch of gods, they just, they, they just went to the end. What, what's the end? I get to do whatever I want because there is no god. Um, and because, and so it's really, again, I, I think in many ways it's the same thing. You know, it's just, you know, we, we have a little bit less emotional religious fervor about it. But the atheist part in all of us wants to believe that he's nowhere. Now, there's obviously a big, big difference, chasron that I should be motzi laz and chasidus in this kind of a way, but the, the, the difference between chasidus and anything that lacks religious um, expression is, the, the, is that, is that chasidus is all about religious expression, but, you know, Mr. Agdim will tell you, you got to be careful, but at the same time, you know, um, um, this is a world apart from the place where there's no religion at all, or, or, or we'll, we'll call it, there's no, there's no Yiddishkeit at all, there's no religion in, in the Jewish sense. Yeah, I, I think that so natural that these people like they they really have to be trained to that to not have some form of higher power whatever you want to call it God the universe Mother Nature it's, it's 
the fact that someone at any point can can question women is this the right thing to do when no one else will know. Like who 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 what does it mean the right thing? No one else is gonna know and I've said this with my students before. If no one else is going to see what you're doing and they're gonna think that you really that you're a really good person, then why do you at any point have a question in your mind, wait a minute, is this the right thing? Should I maybe not do this? That itself is intuitive that everyone has this little this little belief. I remember I asked um, our sister, our youngest sister, many years ago, uh, when she had to have been five or six and I was, you know, feeling really, you know, intellectual, I guess from Israel and stuff, so I was like very shocked and I, I said to her, I'm like can you see Hashem? She's like, no. Can you hear Hashem? And she's like, no. I'm like, how do you know he's there? And she looks around and she instantly straight up me, like, all this can't just happen. I listen to everything. I, I remember all this just can't, can't just happen. And I'm like, right. you know, that it was so simple to her because she wasn't trained out of the notion that, yeah, this doesn't just come here. Everyone intuitively has this concept in their mind there is something beyond what I can see. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. And you when, when you try to now put personality to that. So they say, oh, the universe, or Mother Nature. It's, it's just this concept that has rules, but it's not, it's not sentient, actually, but it's kind of sentient. But, but the extreme opposite to that, someone who wants to erase all of that and say, no, of course, like, it's called science, and the, the world could, the universe could just exist. You know, there's a Big Bang, and they could scientifically, with quantum physics, sort of explain how the world can exist, even without a first cause, without a God. But what, what, that, what that does is it plays into this hedonistic, I don't want to, be, have to, have to, I, I don't want to have to thank anyone. You know, I don't want to have to rely on anyone. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in many ways, science becomes the, quote-unquote science, becomes the convenient um, escape from religion and not the opposite, religion becoming the escape from science and the fear of the unknown. So you could flip it either way. Now, clearly this is not, this is not a new phenomenon. This is clearly a very old, ancient phenomenon. Though we find, you know, in recent times, and this is something that you and I were schmoozing about as well, that you know, there's the world seems to have this fear of religiosity. There's um, you know, there's an attempt to utilize concept of religiosity while pretending it's secular, and um, go- going back to this this concept that society at large seems to be attempting to secularize and erase religion, and then sometimes on the flip side, they will politicize and resurrect concepts from religion that are convenient to them, or at least that could be construed into something that's convenient to them. And you, and you, you, find, you find this a lot. So, you know, like where, where politicians will say, oh, God doesn't have a political party. So it could be God doesn't necessarily care about tax plans and, you know, what, what, what each, which, each politician's tax plan. Does God have an opinion on other things? Well, if you ask the postkim who are the, who have the doctorates in religion, you know, have the doctorates in, in, in Jewish and Torah thought, who spend years devoting their lives to it, so they'll tell you that yeah, God has an opinion on a lot of things, and you can't just you know, and you can say oh well, God doesn't have a gender, you know, well yes, you're right, God doesn't have a gender, um, it, but that's not even the point. Like you know, religion is, is is about far more than just semantics and these 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 juvenile things. 
And I don't, I don't know if, it, if it's worth the conversation, but you know, would you would you have any thoughts on why why do you think that is that that world at large? Um, and, you know, and I'm not saying this is everyone um, in, in any particular political party. Um, you know, you um, I've mentioned in in past podcasts that you have people on both political sides who happen to be religious. That's not my point. My point is that in certain areas, um, in certain um, in certain cultures. Even, you know, the Western culture, you know, on the one hand, you might have really religious people, but then you have these people who are trying to sort of erase religion from the equation. Um, and so, we're, we're like, we're like why, why do you think that is? Um, I think that it's kind of like what I said, that it's so intuitive, you know, the concept of religion is necessary. I remember in, uh, in psych classes that I've taken where they that people who live religious lives, they, they have more purpose, they're happier. And so there's obvious, there's an obvious necessity for religion, whether or not you like religion or not you believe in it. So, but, but the religion itself has practical value. Um, so they, they, but they don't like the idea of, you know, things being incumbent on them, responsibilities that they don't like, things they don't understand. Like the, the concept of, of the infinite, you know, this beauty, whatever it is, Having an opinion is already too com- too complicated to think about. So they don't they, like objective truth. Exactly. So it's, it, there's, there's your truth. There's my truth. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, the, I, I hate that. <laughs> my truth is just. Now we we all have personalized experiences, but that comes that has to come with the consciousness that they are personalized, they're biased, and there is objective truth out there. There is what actually happened in any given story, and there is um, there's morality. The yeah. this is by this is the inconvenient truth for for atheists that morality exists. There's a moral code where Hashem will hold um, societies by a standard, Sodom, the door ha- Hamabel, even without them being given a code, because certain things you don't need a code for. And I, I just think that it's so intuitive that we have religion. It makes sense, but. With religion comes responsibility. So unless I understand every single aspect of my responsibility, I'm not going to buy into it. And then they, until they realize they've walked themselves into the wall, because you are not going to understand everything. You can understand almost everything, but at some point you're going to be like, "Well, why this?" Like when I was saying that story before, then my friend who is describing my, you know, my in a juvenile life, my relationship with Hashem, like, "Hey, Dad, so and so and I, I know that they haven't." They haven't spoken to you in a while. And I thought, like, yeah, it's very difficult to understand why does Hashem want a relationship with me? Why does Hashem care that, that, that I view Hashem as a father, as a king, as anything like that? Why does Hashem have, like, so there's a lot of questions that are very difficult to answer. But you, And by the way, we welcome them. Yeah, if you keep tracing all these questions back, eventually you're going to have to deal with the fact whether or not you, whether or not you, um, like God, the bottom line, for every reason, there is this infinite being that for some reason created everything. And why? Why did why did this universe, why did God, why did Mother Nature create things? Like, there's no reason for me to be here, and yet there's, there's things that are filled with reasons. So, uh, yeah, you have to accept that I, there are going to be things I don't understand. There's going to be things built into a whole system that I don't understand, but I know for sure. It's like I think, therefore I am. Like I know for sure I'm here. 
don't have to know why I'm here to know that I'm here. Like, no, I'm here whether or not I like it, whether or not I know why I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, line, that, again, another inconvenient I truth. I can be questioning Hashem, why did Hashem have a desire to call to make me? Okay, if I, if I don't really answer that, I suddenly will disappear. No. Right, and if that's, if an, that's an interesting an, point. Even if I don't get the answer to that question, bottom line is I am here. So yeah, there are going to be things that I don't understand. And once you can accept that there are going to be things that I don't understand, then you can at least now work towards... So fine, I don't understand a lot of things. Now we're touching on Parshas Para, the, the, the chok, the concept of a chok. Something that yeah. I don't understand. So what, what, what is the closest thing to my understanding? So I, I, I know that I don't understand God, but there are people who devoted their lives to the understanding of trying to figure out who God is. So they know the idea of, of God better. So I can rely on them a little bit. I, I still do my own studies. I still do my own research. But I, I don't have to start from scratch. I have something to rely on. So, so I, I, I thought you made um, a lot of fascinating points there. And, you know, a, as we conclude, I think there's a, plenty to say about how paganism in Avodah Zarah is still, although the Anshi Knesset, you know, have conquered certain aspects of the Avodah Zarah, it's still alive and well today. Um, you know, we, can, we, we haven't even spoken about worshipping your phone or worshipping the television or worshipping the Internet, um, which, um, you know, we, we say, I don't get Avodah Zarah. We say that while, you know, our eyes are glued to our phones 24-7. Um, a 24-6 maybe um, but um, hopefully you know I, I shouldn't even say hopefully that because that, even that alone is not good but just the, the, you know the concept of those who try to erase objective morality objective truth and say there's all kinds of truths out there um, so even the Torah believes in the concept of Elu Ve'elu Divre'elu Kim Chayim that there can be multiple truths within Torah. You know there are Shivim Panim Torah, but there aren't there. But there aren't seventy one. You know there, there could be a false one out there. Um, there could there could be a, 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 something that's not a, a true representation of the Torah. And some people don't like to admit that that there that, that there are things that are that that are false. Right, there. I mean, objectivity is one of the things that's being challenged in the world today. Um, in so many areas that I might offend people if I start getting into them, so I'm not going to. But this whole concept of everything being true is the same concept of everything being God. You know that there's so that everything is a God. This is a God. That's a God. That table is a God, and and that that railing is a God, and that chair is a God. So when everything is a God, nothing is a God. And that's the whole point. You know, when you say all religions, we welcome all religions. We welcome all of this. You know, Judaism, as, we, as I said in, um, in, in, in um, a previous podcast on the concept of hate, the Torah believes in intolerance and hate. There are people that, that say, you know, we don't believe in hate, that love trumps hate, and that, and that um, um, you know, we, we tolerate everybody. There are actually things that should not be tolerated. And this is one of those things that just plays into the truth of objective truth. And so, again, in finishing, um, you know, I think there's plenty to be said about the role of atheism in this larger world of paganism, um, which, again, is still here. And um, I guess uh, our, our goal should be to try as much as we can to spread the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have the religious fervor that we do try to be a step up above the juvenile understanding of Judaism because that should be our responsibility too because we don't want to be you know we, 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 if, if we don't we might not be that much better than an atheist um, you know because we, 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 the, the God that a lot of the atheists don't believe in we don't believe in that God either so we should try to you know we should strengthen our own and bitachon 
And um, and I think from our conversation, I think I've gained a lot. I think um, my Amun Abitachon has been strengthened. So I thank you for being here and helping with that with that effort. So and thank okay. you for joining. And um, yeah, and looking forward to having you come back for many more podcasts, Bez Ras Hashem. Um, and so I'm so looking forward. In the meantime, that's all the time left for this Real Talk Torah. Keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Of course, if you believe in God, but yes, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at the database.